Hello everyone, it's the No Holds Barred Witchcraft Podcast. Today we're talking about a lot of things. Lovecraft Country is the name, and it's a part of official Lauren Month, of course. She picked it, she wanted us to talk about the HBO series that I had to buy from Amazon. <laughs> I know, Chris, I had to buy wow. it. It's not on Netflix. It's not on it's Netflix. It's not on Netflix, it's not on Amazon Prime. I had to pay an extra couple of quid to buy it but that's all right i use the patreon money so um obviously racism's a big theme in it and it's a very fascinating and you learn a lot about history particularly from the 1900 uh, 1900s you know it's crazy in it so um black lives matter have they got it right or wrong <laughs> what am i supposed to say to that i'm not saying nothing well, i don't know you're not saying nothing. Say nothing Do all about lives nothing. Matter, Chris? I'm saying Do nothing. All lives matter. I'm saying nothing about nothing. <laughs> but but you're famed for <laughs> you know <laughs> racism. How rude! How rude! Well, it's all, it's, it's all over the review section on the Facebook. Oh uh, yeah, we're talking about that that thing. Or do you only pick on the Roma? <laughs> Do I only pick on the Roma? Okay, <laughs> stop trying to dig me a hole. Um. I'm saying nothing. What I will say is I'm sick of those bloody Instagram things that say about, we're the witches you couldn't burn. That bollocks. So it goes with that. <laughs> so right. let's just say we're not going to comment and move on to the actual, you know, stuff that you want me to talk about and dig me some new holes. Right. Because I'm not getting something. Okay. This is where I'm not getting. Okay. Well, I think I get it. I just don't think that other people out there get it. So I want to see if you agree with me or not, right? So I hear a lot about, you know, people on the Instagram that I go on every now and then. I'm not too great with the Instagram, as you know. On the Twitter, the Tweety Bird thing. (laughs) And on the Facebook, definitely, that I'm all over the Facebook and all over the YouTube. And there's a lot of this are talking about, uh, you know, people using the magic, which is using the magic to fix things like world hunger and uh, racism and and so on and so forth. And I'm kind of thinking, if the witches is a magic, why haven't they done any of that? Because there's a lot of Facebook posts and the like that are trying to get people to cast the little magic spells to bring about a utopian society and make racism go away and uh, make the, you know, world hunger go away and stop us and the Americans from selling our second-hand bombs to, like, you know, people that funnel it to terrorists and stuff like that. There's a lot of magical people that are working against that. Yet they seem to be epically failing, Chris. Why are they epically feeling if they is the magic? <laughs> uh, well, part of it's down to whether or not they can pull enough magic to do those sorts of things. And I think we've touched are on... You're saying they're shit. You're well, saying they're shit. I'm thinking that actually if these Instagram witches spent as much time as they do on their aesthetic, on their actual practice, maybe witchcraft wouldn't be in such a bad state. I thought it was all about the aesthetic. Because magic don't work, does it? It's just a... You know, a quirky group that you belong to, like people that do Pilates, you know, okay. 
Okay. It's like a lifestyle thing. Isn't it's it? just an excuse magic's to carry a yoga real, mat around. Yeah, magic's not real, is it? I mean, you can't really do stuff. That's why I get all of the, the things come up whenever you post something in a certain witchcraft groups. They say, don't do that. You need to see a psychotherapist. Don't do that. You need to see a doctor. And I kind of thinking, well, uh, why don't you use magic as well? <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't use magic as well. And it does make me think where are a lot of these people that are in these witchcraft groups that have all of the eyeliner on and like the various different colours in their hair and such, whether <laughs> they actually believe that this magic actually works or whether it's just like fantasy play. Well, I do. They don't seem to rely on it, do they? I do sometimes wonder if that actually is the case. Because some of the conversations that you have in there kind of go, okay, yeah, do you start to wonder, do they even believe in magic? Or is it just because it's popular at the moment? Um, I think it's just because it's popular. I, hence why all of the big witchcraft channels, if you look them up, right, yeah. all of the witchcraft YouTube channels, they've got like tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of, of subscribers if you go back in their videos they started off as makeup channels yeah it's a little young millennial girls that do a makeup channel and then they jump on this kind of a witchy aesthetic and then they start bringing out all this wiccan bullshit scott cunningham book stuff yeah rosemary make your oils oh moon water that's what you need i'll show you how to make some black salt. <laughs> yeah it's there all it's go. all moon water and journals isn't it Oh, shadow and journals work. they have now. Shadow you've got your work. shadow work, you've got your moon journal, you've got your dream journal, you've got your book of shadows, you've got your grimoire, you've got your this, you've got your that, your book of shadows, a uh, book of mirrors, book of fucking I don't know what. <laughs> They've got so many books. Is there a discount on paper blanks or summer on Amazon? <laughs> I don't bloody know. It's maybe. crazy. Maybe. I just don't get it. But there we go. So, yeah. So, where do you want to go with this, then? Because we probably won't talk that much about Lovecraft Country because we never talk about the thing we're supposed to talk about when it's a TV show. But Lovecraft Country is quite a cool thing. Chris Amp watched it. No, I'm I've sorry. watched most of it. Um, but I'm still trying to get through it. There's quite a lot of interesting magical themes that are going on. That's fine. So... Let's talk about some of those then. I don't, know if, I don't know if we can get away with the first part of the podcast. So should we start the podcast again now? <laughs> no, it's fine. I think I probably said some stuff that I wasn't supposed to because you said, Liam, <laughs> don't say anything that people could interpret as bad, Liam. No, okay? it's fine. And I said, when have I ever done that? That's fine. Um, I'd start with start with one of the themes then. Throw a theme at me. Okay, right. So, going in kind of order, we've got this idea that they're a bit like in the J.K. Rowling in the Harry Potter universe, you kind of got this idea that there's a magical world going on behind the scenes of the mundane world. Okay. And that, obviously, authors and content creators and the like have to come up with a reason as to why all the mundanes don't know there's a magic going on and in lovecraft country at the beginning these people get chased by these monster things but after they've been chased by the monsters the following day they kind of have apart from the magical folk 
the mundanes, they kind of have their memories erased. They don't really remember. So it's kind okay. of foggy. Okay. But then at the same time, then they kind of, to a certain extent, forget. So obviously they have to answer this from a storyline perspective. Okay. But it got me thinking about memory charms and how you would go about doing memory charms, uh, memory spells, and why you would want to do that. Well, so I'm trying to think of a way you would want to do that. It kind of depends on, on what way you're kind of looking at it. I guess to a certain extent, one way of dealing with that process is almost like a series of um, glamours, in which case you don't notice and therefore don't remember. Is is it more that kind of style or is it actually or memory altering? So they've actually, you know, stared a monster in the face but don't remember it. Which one are we, what kind of style is it? Well, that's interesting. Um, it's kind of like, I think, same with the Harry Potter, because in the Harry Potter ones, they actually have memory spells, don't they? They wipe away a memory. Yeah. So your memories are there, and then it gets wiped away. Whereas what you're talking about with glamours and stuff, you're kind of creating an atmosphere whereby it's almost keeping something secret. So, for example, if you stumbled across some place, then it might have some kind of active, active memory suppressant whereby, you know, you might find this ruin somewhere in the woods, but then when you get home, you you've forgotten about less it and less of it and you kind of forget, well, where was it? I don't know. It's all kind of foggy. So something like that, that might actually be there still in your memory, but it might just be kind of confusing to the point where, you know, you might remember being there in a little bit, but you wouldn't be able to find it again because all of your thoughts on that are too disjointed. Whereas permanent memory spells, you're talking permanent memory loss of something that's kind of etched in your um, short-term memory, it would be, wouldn't it? Yeah, so it would be removing short-term memory so it doesn't make its way into the long-term memory banks. And would it, would it be used predominantly for secrets? Because my mind automatically goes to secrets and stuff. Because I try to think, when would you apply memory charm? And I'm thinking, well, some people with PTSD and stuff like that, memories and stuff haunts them. And you think of like Supernatural series where a death says to Sam and that, uh, don't scratch at the wall. Says to the Winchester yeah. brothers, I've made a wall, don't scratch at the wall. Yeah. Or it'll fall down and you'll get all this uh, traumatic stuff firing, you know, coming back. Well, that's kind of memory alteration. So yeah. you don't have to put up with the baggage of your past. And as we know... A Saturnine limiter. Work, yeah, Saturnine limitation. But as we know from human psychology, if you were born, or most people were born, with every memory from their past lives, do you think that they would live past... You know, would you, do you think they'd get to adulthood or do you think they'd probably <laughs> shoot themselves in the head by then? They'd probably shoot themselves in the face by then. Yeah. Just to so make it go as quick as possible. Baggage and picking up on baggage and stuff like that. Human mind is very, very, seems to me to be very weak. It don't take a lot to fracture the psyche. No. And uh, traumas and stuff, even the most simplest of traumas and stuff. Like I know someone that watched someone get shot in the head. They were never the same after that. 
I mean, obviously it don't affect me because I'm a sociopath, but like normal people, <laughs> they like would need to like really work through that and might never quite recover from that traumatic experience, you know, waking up in the night with sweats and stuff like that and a crying, you know, all of that's super serious. So I'm thinking from a healing perspective, healing magic, you wouldn't really use healing magic on that. You know, the closest thing to healing magic would be literally a counselling counsellor or psychotherapist and that helping you work through the fears, the problems, that kind of thing. But for a quick fix from a witch, you're probably more talking memory, aren't you? Suppressing yeah, memory talking suppressing memory or at least dampening yeah. triggers. Yeah. Yeah, so that would be, yeah, also the triggers, I suppose, that whatever it, sets it off. Yeah, if you're talking more kind of PTSD, then you're talking kind of how to av avoid or, like I said, go back to glamours again, where you could make the make the triggers less visible. Yeah, okay. So what I find, going back to slightly your Harry Potter suggestion, is that it kind of seems to be a mix to me, because they kind of, they have like a, law enforcement kind of arrangement where major incidents they'd use memory charms but i think in mm. most in most things that are done it's about hiding in plain sight so if you kind of look at more um kind of the protect protection charms that they do in the last couple of movies those are all kind of making something invisible so you could walk past it and never see it that's more bending of of vision. That's more glamour work. So I suppose in terms of memory altering, I suppose there are many, many situations I can think of where that would be kind of necessary. Um, hiding something in plain sight. Yeah. You could use a gin. Not a gin as in the spirit gin. Gin is in the spirit of gin that you drink. Because I tell you what, when I've had a couple of gins, I don't remember. <laughs> like, if I have a few gins, I don't remember. So that's the potion making. So you can use the magical alcoholic potions for memory yeah. loss. But also, from also... a pure magic. So I'm thinking, like, you know, the old stop gossip type spells where, oh, shit, that person's found out some information they're not supposed to find out. What do I do? Yeah. Do I kill them off? Or do I bind their tongue? Or do I just make them forget? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's that happened what, to me once. That's about the, what? Someone bound your tongue? I found that. That's some pretty hardcore magic there. No, but I have had that in my personal life, right? So back at school, because we're already like halfway through the, the free version of the podcast. So I might as well waste the rest of the time so that in the <laughs> Patreon, they can pay for the real good stuff when it comes to banishing angry ghosts and reanimating corpses and stuff, you know. <laughs> so let's waste 10 minutes or so talking about a story from <laughs> Liam's childhood, right? So back in the, back in the day in, in uh, senior school, you know you'd have things sent to you via like um, social early social media or text messaging that sort of thing where it would be like a link and then you've got to fill out like a little quiz. Okay. And but it was it was supposed to say like oh find out what your IQ is or oh yeah, find yeah, out yeah. whether you're a match with this person and that yeah. kind of thing. Well, some bastard company has come up with the idea that your results get sent to the person that you got the message from 
So, like, my friend Tom, he put these out on um, all the social <laughs> media and stuff like that. But if you clicked on it and you answered that, it would say, answer these questions truthfully, bloody blah, blah. It didn't <laughs> give you a result. What it'd do is say, ha, huh, we've now sent those answers to Tom. <laughs> <laughs> and there was the various the different things, right, that I filled out because I thought, I want to know the answer to this. I think it was something relationship, something like that. Yeah. And it was like asking for what your secrets are, asking for this, all like proper personal information. And then it was like, um, yeah, and then it was like, I finished the end. It said, get results. So I clicked it. And then it said, we've now sent it to your friend, such and such. And I had that traumatic kind of, fuck, (laughs) all of the stuff that I was being honest about, because I thought it was somehow worked into the magical computer matrix or something is actually just a way of probing information and sending it back to my friends so they can use against me and my immediate thought was do i have to kill tom now because <laughs> <laughs> tom knows all sorts of the crazy ass shit that i don't want coming to light because i was an idiot and filled out <laughs> so i was thinking what can i do and i did think back then which is why i thought now is a memory charm something like that i didn't use memory charm I used a compulsion um, put charm in order to do what he told me to do. But you could augment that as a memory charm. You could get him to forget the information because I fucked up there, didn't I? But yeah, I, I basically said, well, I did that kind of Obi-Wan Kenobi from Star Star Trek, uh, Star Wars. These aren't the droids you're looking for. <laughs> do not open that. Do not, do not yeah. open that. And he did say to me, he said, oh, I don't bother reading any of those anymore. That's right. You do not bother reading <laughs> You do not bother reading those. Which I don't know why you wouldn't, because there was loads of information, because he sent them to loads of people. But anyway, we used up another five minutes. No, but I, it's relevant in the sense that kind of like there are lots I of ways. There are lots of ways that you would go about that. I think the kind of disclaimer and the kind of warning part is the fact that memory charms are dangerous as in you know <laughs> you've got to be careful whenever you're tampering with the mind because like you say it's very very brittle um quite easy mm, to break yeah. or shatter someone's psyche so you know how how easy it is to kind of mess that up so yeah you want to be careful with any kind of memory charm i think that's why we instinctively go to other options isn't it is that actually pulling out one specific memory is very difficult to do bearing in mind whether or not you were there to witness them making the memory in which case how do you know what parts to leave and what parts to take away yeah, I, I'd say it's one of those things that with memory charms and memory spells, it's either going to be something that you set up as a defence mechanism for an area, say sort of thing, say defences, you've forgotten how to get to this a magical castle in the middle of yep. a forest type situation, or it's going to be an emergency. If it's an emergency situation, then you're going to not want to make a mistake. Yeah. So you need something, because this isn't an area of magic I think a lot of people go into. So it's probably going to, when they went to, if they go to use a memory spell, it's probably going to be their first time they're using it, and it's probably going to be something serious. So I'm thinking in terms of alteration, we kind of teach the method of using the poppets and opening the poppets head to put forks in. Yeah. I was wondering whether you could do that and take forks out. 
or whether, because everyone knows the old abracadabra that kind of banishes something, maybe if you wrote the memory down on a piece of paper and made it diminish, and then every day cross a letter off so it's technically it's diminishing from their memory because they wouldn't be able to literally zap someone like the super witches do like you might zap someone chris and zap out their memory and stuff so they're on the floor dribbling for a bit thinking i don't know how i got here but my ass sore is sure is sore but that's the thing the main <laughs> reason you avoid those kind is going back to the sam and dean bit isn't it it's about actually if you leave something as a gap somebody is more than likely to scratch at that until they get the the lost mm. time so because nobody likes lost time so it's why some of these dementia patients get so um uh, agitated is it's the lost time people don't like they don't like a wasting it and they don't like a losing it um so I think a lot of it is that it's you want to take enough uh, take away enough detail that the event still happened, but they don't remember the details of it that matter. So you know it just becomes another one of those blurs of did I lock the door? Did I not lock the door? Like you know that kind of when you you know get halfway down the street and then you're like I'm not sure I locked my front door those kind of moments because you're not paying attention to what you're doing you're on autopilot mm. so yeah. it's making sure people switch into that autopilot mode so that they forget the details that matter so yeah i think i think yes you probably could pull but you'd have to be very specific about what what details you were pulling out of somebody's head mm. Definitely. I'm also not quite sure so, how that works in the sympathetic magic part, because it's very easy to stuff sentences into somebody's head. But pulling them out when they don't already exist there, you would kind of have to have a slow deconstruct of a poppet. Well, that, <laughs> or you would basically, if you imagine, if you got the piece of paper and wrote the memory on and wrapped it in a load of cotton and then stuck that in the head and then like the old pensive in harry potter where you pull out <laughs> like if you just pull a little bit of the cotton out day by day yeah. day by day and then eventually it'll pull the whole thing out so you do want something symbolic uh, pulling it the thread of a memory type thing but um so another big theme in this because this with lovecraft country there's kind of a secret society because there's always a secret society with stuff like this but it's quite an interesting one because um it goes by to a certain extent blood so which blood you got the ideas of which blood i know we're gonna probably glaze over this topic because we'll probably do an entire podcast devoted to this but i thought i'd mention yeah. it because it's a big theme in lovecraft country so you've got the idea that you've got a secret society you've got members of the secret society but senior members of the secret society even if you're crap at magic and the like if you happen to have the right bloodline yeah you automatically go in at a high rank oh so with this, you've got the person who technically, according to the laws and rules and guidelines of the secret society, should go in at a top rank. But the other members don't want him to know that. Okay. So they're pretending like, <laughs> oh, you're not important. But if he was to give them a direct order, they have to follow it. Okay. Type thing. Okay. 
which reminds me a bit of Roswell, that old thing, Roswell, I used to love that. Yeah. That got me through a lot of shit when I was a kid, that Roswell thing, um, where you had uh, the alien guardian man. Yep. And he was uh, technically um, not the leader, but if, uh, I think it was Max, wasn't it, Max Evans, yep. one of the alien ones, if he was to give an order, he'd have to follow it. And he kind of did it as in like, oh, well, I don't really think that's okay, but if you think that's going to work out, fine, we'll do it and see what happens. When that jelly, he was saying, I've got to follow it, but he didn't want anyone to know that. Yep. I don't know, my mind's just gone off there. So going back to old witchcraft blood and, and the like, um, should we leave that there and do a whole podcast on it, or do you want to expand on it now? Um, I think we need to do a full podcast on it, but it okay. all, we, all we will say is it's kind of like, it is one of those big subjects that people like to discuss, the idea that um, magic is somehow blood-related um, and access is is allowed by bloodline uh, i i'm not sure i can quite you know in short i can quite easily say i don't consider magic to have anything to do with bloodline however like we did with blood is lives kind of discussions before there is a there is a access point through blood um that can be used and abused should we, should we change that no high level magic yes <laughs> yeah, it's really important from a blood perspective. So blood is not important for high level magic, but it can be important with some types of witchcraft traditions. Yes, I think that's that's a but fair not to a not to a high level. Yeah, that's a fair correction. Because you can go to that with psychic work as well. You could say, oh, well, the people that are born naturally psychic with their psychic things turned on are better than the ones without and all that. When actually you just give the ones without a bit of training and they can quite yeah. easily get away. It just gives them a head start. Ones. It just gives them a bit of a head start, yeah. which can end up being a bit of a hindrance as well because they've never had to work for yeah. it. So, you know, when you've got the person that's a slave in a way and is used to, you know, really working hard for a living to make a bit of money, and then you've got the it girl or it boy, mummy and daddy have given them loads of money and they grow up, you know, owning a chain of hotels <laughs> and, <laughs> then, and then given everything and all of a sudden they get evicted and chucked out on the street, they don't know what to do because they've never had to work a day in their lives. Yeah. yeah. You know? So there we go. Right, so next then, I've just got on my list that I wrote down as notes from the series, a whistle that controls monsters. Okay. Quite cool. Okay. So we're talking a magical object. Now, we know that you and I have different opinions on what constitutes a magical object. So if I was to give you a whistle and it controls monsters... Yes. Would you class that as that magical object? Because it ain't really haunted. It ain't haunted, but it would be a ma- But it would be modern, so it wouldn't be it wouldn't be over two thousand years old. And we know you don't like things <laughs> newer than you know early <laughs> Roman period, do you? I'm not. No, that's not what I said. Anyway, the um, yes, I'd probably class that as a magical object, in the sense that it has a magical. Um, operandi but not the mm. um, but yes but you wouldn't need to necessarily be magical to wield it is that what we're saying in this 
Yeah, so if you would create an object to give to um, a mundane, so a lot of the sorts of things that you generally see witches make is like protection things for mundanes. Yes. You know, you might a witch might give a blessing or they might give a mundane some sort of magical protection or something. But you want to create something with a little bit more power. So much like the old gods and such from mythology might bestow a magical gift to help someone on a quest. Yep. It's something that has its own power, essentially. So a magical whistle that controls monsters... We've really got to define what we're going to talk about in terms of monsters. Okay. So a rabid dog or a dog, you know, because you get these little wolf whistle things, don't you, that dog trainers use in there. Yeah. Are we going to say monster as in something corporeal or non-corporeal? Oh, I, I don't I don't think it matters. Okay. It will matter in, in a case of how you create said whistle. But it's not going to matter as in what we constitute to be a monster. I thought we'd go through the process of maybe making a whistle on the podcast. We won't actually make it. But I mean, if we go into like an example, so would we want to make, we need to think of a type of monster quickly before we run out of time. Okay. <laughs> so what type of monster would you want to okay. create one but for a mundane then? Okay. Well, to them, a simple monster might be um, a, a spirit. A paedophile? Oh, okay. <laughs> I w on that bombshell, I think maybe it's time to go on to the Patreon, so <laughs> we'll continue talking about how to create a whistle that can control <laughs> On the Patreon, so goodbye, regular listeners. <laughs> So, yes, yeah, so if you want to make a whistle for a paedophile. I mean, are, you, are, are we in agreement that all paedophiles are monsters? We are in agreement that all paedophiles are monsters. Right, so that would class as something that we could make a whistle. <laughs> but what, what? Now, would that, missile, would that whistle be like the playtime whistle that makes the paedophile think, oh, the kids are coming out to play in the playground, get the binoculars out? No. Or is that the sort of whistle that, like, Siren, like the, the police, police are coming. Siren makes, which is like, oh, the police is coming quick. <laughs> Tuck it back in my trousers. <laughs> wow, just wow. Um, yes, you're gonna go. Obviously, so is it gonna be a case of like a dog whistle, where only the dog can hear it? Um, that actually we're dealing with creating a whistle that only the paedophiles can hear um so therefore they will hear the sirens that no one else can hear thinking they've got to yeah zip up and run away quick well that could work on multiple levels because you're also talking about if you were to blow that whistle and someone like looks up <laughs> Then that's a paedophile identification. So if you could knock out a batch of these, we could give them to like the paedophile hunters, because okay. um, there's a section of paedophile hunters now in the police force. Is there? So okay. you know, yeah, they've got like a whole paedophile hunting department and stuff. Okay. So um, there's a documentary on it on Channel Four. It was fascinating. Uh, okay. Um, because a lot of the times, obviously, they didn't necessarily have funding for that kind of thing in um 
Brookhaven and Somerset, I think it was, Constabulary. Okay. So there's all these, like, um, I was going to say trashy people, but people that don't have to do a full-time job <laughs> for a living, that have got a lot of time on their hands, that were making up fake children um Facebook posts and such. Oh, so and they... going on and trying to trap paedophiles. Okay. And the police force thought we should put some funding because all of these people, although they are catching paedophiles, yeah. it's a little awkward with all of these people, you know, in the papers that are coming out. We found another paedophile by pretending to be a 12 year old girl. <laughs> and it makes the police look bad. So the police have now set up an actual, like, section paedophile hunting section okay okay and if you could create a couple of paedophile whistles that would basically make them be able to identify the paedophiles but also have them like follow me follow me and then they'll just oh you want you want pie you want a pied piper situation well i thought whistle that controls monsters whistle that controls paedophiles i mean you don't really want to blow it and then they jump up and down you want them to kind of disperse or attract them, don't yes. you? Okay. So if you want to attract them, you want to attract them to put them into a trap, don't okay. you? But if you want them to disperse, they might come back. You know, like when you lift up a rock and all the little... Wood lices and insects, stuff. like, crawl out, and then you, then you find them again. They come back to the rock when you put it back down. Okay. Okay. So would this be, would this be more like the Pied Piper one in Shrek, where he has different settings and he can kind of twist the the knob at the end um and it it goes different size monsters well i don't know twisting a knob at the end the pedophiles might get be excited about <laughs> no i mean is it like a sonic screwdriver from from um dr hill from, uh, dr no hill. so it's got different settings yes it's got different settings so one could be to to so attract it's more like it's less one than, could be to disperse it's less of a whistle it's less than a whistle and more like a recorder, is it? Yeah, so it plays different tunes. Or a harmonica, yeah. So you go... <laughs> and then depending on which, which finger you put over the hole... Okay. Something different happens. Okay. I mean, the recorder's got holes and it's also got little flute bits that put in your mouth and that. Pedophile might be attracted to that. Oh, dear. Can we move on? We've gone too far. You've gone too far. Not we, you. Okay. Okay. Right. So are are we going... Okay, so this might bring us on to the next section really nicely, actually. Okay, what's the next section? So, magical force fields. So in in Lovecraft Country, they've got these force fields, magical force fields, that you put someone in a room and then it's force field. They can't leave the room, but it's an actual, like... Barrier. Barrier that you can see. So, like, if you ever watch Darren Brown, who, like, magic things, where he'll, like, put, a, a, like, a really light weight on the floor that anyone can pick up and then just do some psychological manipulation to make them think they can't actually pick it up. Okay. Stuff like that. So you can do a psychological program and to make someone not leave the room. Okay. Which is done purely on a, psych, you know, psychological level. Okay. Um, hypnotism type thing. You can't leave the room. You can't leave the room. That kind of yep. thing. Yeah. But if you was to uh, have your uh, magical paedophile whistle or harmonica or recorder and a blow it and get the paedophiles to come along and then you could put them in the room, but then you could put a magical force field on the room so they cannot leave. Okay. Okay. So how would you go about making the magical recorder for paedophiles and how would you go about making the force fields to keep them in place? Um. 
because these gel cells, they could end up, I mean, metal's quite expensive, you know? So if you did a little bit of them, um, with all these gel cells, like in the future, when you see sci-fi, they don't have gates and that, do they? They have force fields. Yeah. Well, they haven't invented force fields, from what I can tell yet, science and that. So they're still just sci-fi. So if you could do some uh, magical, like, sigils or some magic to make sure that the, uh, you know... Well, yeah, you could... Incidentally, it's also a brilliant way of making someone burn alive and making it look like an accident. Certainly. Because when they go and do the investigation, all the people, you know, all the doors were open. They could have left, <laughs> but they just burnt to a crisp in the living room. I don't understand what went on. Because a magic, it don't leave a trace that the mundanes can see. Yeah. I'm thinking a some kind of sigil that is is or symbolism used sigilly kind of stuff in order to program them into some kind of stockholm syndrome where they can't leave because they love it there mm. okay so they wouldn't even necessarily be so, able to see so the sigil so that's, in some that's kind of... less of a force field and that's more of an attraction to an area. So that's an addiction to being in a specific yeah. area, presumably. So you would just increase the area. So kind of like when I attach the dog to the rotary washing line and it's on the lead, it can't leave that. It can go round and round, but can't really go far yeah, away. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like that. Okay, all right. That's probably the, Better than walking the, that's dog, probably the way I would approach it. This is why you're not allowed to have a dog. I don't want a fucking dog. Uh, you know I like me fishes. Yeah, because they're... I have me tropical marine <laughs> Because fishes. they can't I run away. Because <laughs> they can't run away. They're, no, no, the reason is they're all, they're all pretty looking and they're all calm and they really chill me out, fish, because you know I'm on some sort of spectrum. So they're all, they all chill me out in that. But also, most importantly, they're in their own little universe, their own little ecosystem. If you've got a cat, it will come in a jump on you. If you and you've got to take vet's bills as well. If you've got a dog, then they're really fucking needy. And I don't like needy creatures, and I don't like vet's bills, and I don't really want to feed. Things. So you like something so that like takes care of itself, stays where it's supposed to, yes. and then can be flushed if it dies. Well, no, because they don't. They, they will last a long. long well, time. I'm talking about that. You said don't need animal. vet's bills. So if they get accidentally no, because, infected, no, no, because. Yeah, but no, because that's the thing. Like with vet's bills, if it's a cat or something, you take it to the vets and it can cost like someone got a quote of five grand for something to take to the vets. So I was like, put the fucker down. But they're like in love with it and shit. Oh, I don't know. It's like their kid, isn't it? So I was like, I, I, I don't mind. I can help you put it down if you like. But anyway, going off on one to the next section. Yep. Right? Um. With the fish, if they contract something like an infection, you, all you do is you go to the fish shop, Wyville Garden Centre, and you just buy like little medicine and you just pour it in the tank and it changes the tank a different colour and then that's it, they're cured. <laughs> so it's like stuff you can do at home and it doesn't require surgery, it's just pouring a little bit of a magical fluid formula in the tank. Right? Okay. That's easy, I can deal with that. Okay. I get four. I get far more out of the fish than I have to give them. Okay. Okay. That's how my relationships work. <laughs> so I need to get more from the other person. I'm saying nothing, Patreon. Patreon them. listeners, <laughs> I am saying nothing to that statement. Is all I'm going to say. 
Okay. So, uh, yeah. So what's your so, answer? How are you going to do the force field? Well, I'm thinking, if you're, if you're, go, if you're having to go along like the sigils, because in the film, in, in the, in the uh, TV series, Lovecraft Country TV series, they do kind of use little sigils on the doors. Okay. But it's a bit more like, um, like on, uh, what's the thing, Immortal, not Immortals, the thing with the soul sword and um, the angels and Nephilims and that. Oh, you mean Mortal Instruments? You mean Shadow mortal Hunters? Mortal Instruments, yeah, Shadow Hunters, that's it, Shadow Hunters. You know, like in Shadow Hunters, they have the rumours and they appear and disappear. Yeah. It's more like that, so when you go near the door, they all light up or the sigils light up. Okay. So, you know, something like that. So it's like you could draw it on in some sort of an ink or something like that. Yeah. And like print it on so everyone can see it. Or it could be something that's actually there, but you'd only be able to sense it psychically. Yeah. Um, but I think like from the creation of sigils and stuff, if you ever look at um, building signs or road signs and that, the colour coding system, and even cars as well, the colour coding system where they've got the red with the white right yeah it's like seriously bad stop is like a really bad whereas the yellow is kind of like oh this is somewhat important <laughs> pay attention this is yeah. somewhat important whereas the red's like no this is really this is real big so like if you're colour coding and creating your sigils like that are you gonna colour are you gonna add extra psychological things in so is it going to be an actual thing that you put on the door that just scares someone from opening it like a child scared to look inside their bedroom cupboard type thing so is it kind of like a fear type thing that you just can't do because you've got that thing where the you know people that are scared to leave their house i forget what that's agoraphobia. called agoraphobia yeah an agoraphobia spell or an agoraphobia sigil, something like that. Okay, but stops them leaving. So it's not so much they want to stay there, they're just scared to leave. It's like a fear. Okay. And the closer they get to the door, the more they kind of shut down. I'm thinking that wouldn't be too difficult, agoraphobia spell. So how interesting that I go for the one that you don't want to leave because you love it here, and you want to terrify them <laughs> into not being able to leave. Yeah, because, no, I'm just terrifying them of the outside world. So <laughs> they basically, much like yours, they want to stay there. The only difference is they want to stay there in yours because it's so brilliant. Whereas mine, they want to stay there because the outside world is so much worse. <laughs> but I'm thinking that might be. But then again, we've also got to balance things out. So what approach you take? I would have to take a different approach. Space, I? I suppose. And anyway, we're getting ready on with this podcast i crossed that one off to the off the list so um next thing is a theme in lovecraft country so you've got this house and you've got this uh i think it was like a doctor or someone that was doing experiments he was abducting black people in an experiment and all okay and then obviously they die so if you've got angry spirits angry ghosts so the banishing of angry ghosts because every, I'll turn on any bloody supernatural TV show, you probably got angry ghosts and such in it. But more importantly, like the reality TV shows, so like, you know, fake, but reality TV shows like Most Haunted and that. Whenever they go in, it's always an evil spirit in it. Yeah. Just a lurking about yeah. an angry ghost that's causing a trouble. They're never nice, are they? How, 
well, they do occasionally put nice ones on, but it's always like, uh, you know, some old prostitute that touches you when you're uh, going to bed at night in a hotel room type okay. situation. So they're nice, That's they're nice, but them. not in a nice way. They're dirty, okay. is what they are. <laughs> <laughs> they're someone that was gagging for it so much, they kept running that brothel even after they died. <laughs> okay. So, um, angry ghosts. Can you catch syphilis from a ghost? Dead. You could probably catch something, couldn't you? Because I've never had to think about it before you until you just something. said ghosty prostitute. I, I don't think that you can catch um, in a mundane physical disease, but if ghosts and the like feed on you, then we do see that manifest as physical illness. Yes, don't in we? which case it so could. I wouldn't call yeah. it. I wouldn't call it catching it. Yeah. But what I would say is that interactions in a negative way with ghosts can manifest. That being said. Could a could a, a a sexy time ghost give you a love bite? Because technically they could, if they were understanding the the, the boundaries and the change in the um you know physical. Then if yeah. it was one of those because you've got they'd to have remember, to be able to move the blood flow to the skin surface, wouldn't they? Well, I'm thinking if it's a slutty ghost, they're mainly concentrated on sex and the sexual act, and there's kind of the convergence there and the energy that's on that they can feed off of with that will really help them create a physical effect on the person, the physical person, without too much effort, and even to the extent that the ghost might not be able to really understand that they've done that or be trying to do that. It's just the fact that all of the things... Yeah, there's so much energy at play there that the ghost might accidentally end up giving a love bite to the dude in the bed. I don't know. See, I don't know. If, I don't know stuff. if it's possible on the basis of the the situation that is required in order for that to happen. Well, this is what these ghost hunting TV show programs should be should talking be about. Investigating. Yeah. If they're investigating this, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, how, how do you really have to go in with some cameras and stuff and uh, go boo and then cry about and then run away every time? Can we not do some sort of investigations where we try and get a dirty ghost to give someone a love bite? I mean, if I have my own shit paranormal show, that's the sort of stuff I do. Yeah. Which is probably why they'd never give me my own show, <laughs> but, you know. Well, technically, they already did. Well, we're on Keep On Chatting, Keep On Paranormal in Network of the Paranormal. Yeah, so, so technically, yeah, technically we're already we've on there. we got our own chat, chat show. Maybe we should do an episode on this. <laughs> we should do an episode on Nice Ghosts. Yeah, on things most haunted should be doing. Yeah, that's right. I'll write that down. Okay, put that down. Anyway, what was next on your, your list? Well, how do you get rid of an angry ghost, first of all? Okay. Well, if you were talking about certain people we know, you stick them in a bottle, don't you? So if you're a mundane <laughs> and your name's Jane and you've got a ghost and you're not a witch or nothing, how would you tell her to get rid of the angry ghost? Because she's scared to go to bed. Ghostbusters. Because they're angry ghosts. So you'd get someone else to do it, would you? Well. Come on, you're supposed to be a teacher. <laughs> you said she's, she said she's mundane. 
and not interested in witchcraft. Yes. No, but she's scared to death of this nasty ghost, so she wants to get rid of it. And it's not like you're going to traipse over to where she is. Nah, I wouldn't go there. So get her to do it. See, what would you do? Because I already told her to do one thing. In fact, I did a case file on the Patreon for it. Oh, okay. Okay, it wasn't an angry ghost. It was something else. It was an elementally type spirit. But I mean, still, it would still work (laughs) with her. Okay. Okay. Then, yeah, I would... But no, you're like, basic go-to, what would you tell a mundane to do if they sort of grabbed you at Tesco's and said, look, I noticed you from the YouTubes and from the Facebooks. I need a bit of advice, right? I've got a ghost, it's a bad one. Okay. What do I do? I want to do it myself. I'm a DIYer. DIYer. Okay. Um, I don't know. Probably a witch bottle of some description. Get to piss in a bottle just because it would be funny. (laughs) (laughs) To push, to push. This podcast to push (laughs) quite something. To push it. I mean, we're normally. I don't think. I don't think Lauren would be disappointed. Is all I'm going to say. Is I would probably yeah be something like that. It'd be some kind of protection that pushed the ghosty out, providing it was necessary. So when you're saying it's a nasty one, is it knocking shit about or is it just keeping her up at night? So if it's just keeping her up at night, then she just needs a couple of Valium, right? No, because it's like, it's it's always there and it pushes her around and stuff like that. Okay. In which case, case, evict it. Yeah, so why is she going to do that? She can go with... Sage... Sage smudge stick? No. Chris? Surely a sage smudge stick. What about a rosemary no. smudge stick? Well, that probably would work no. if you bought one of mine. <laughs> <laughs> right, Jane, go to the thothwitchcraft.com website and buy yourself a rosemary smudge stick. Yeah. She does grow rosemary in the garden, so she could make her own. She could. She could. But yeah, she could... Either, she could I don't know. If It depends on how bad it is going to be. If it's... If it's bad enough that it requires, it's going to require a bit more than her smudging it out with a bit of bit of rosemary. So the question is, she's got one of two options, which is what it is going to be push it out with something like a witch bottle that just forces um, a protection field and therefore pushing is it pushing out said said being, or it's like you know get angry and go for the good old exorcism. Right, so you're saying either be aggressive and rugby tackle it to the ground and kick it out, which the thing is, I'd, I don't think she's capable of doing that because she's the sort of like a little kid that's scared of the dark. They'd rather wee themselves than go to the toilet in the dark. Okay. So I'm a thinking she hasn't got the strength for character to do that. Okay. So I'm a wondering whether it needs to be something like a little contraption type spell that she can put and boost the energy up like what you said. With the push with a witch, witch bottle so that just pours it out. Yeah, making the environment difficult for the ghost to manifest in or not want to stay in so it goes away. I mean, the other thing you could do is like, a, you don't call them cat traps. I call them cat traps. But like the little things you take your cat in it to the vet's in. <laughs> the a cat box. With the cage. A cat <laughs> box, that's it. Because like, that's about, you know, that's difficult. I mean, it, it does the job. But try and get that cat to go in that fucking cat box is another thing. 
So, you know, I'm worried that Jane won't be able to grab the ghost and a chuck him out because she ain't a psychic in there. Okay, so she so then, yeah, she'd that. go on, on on a blend of a witch bottle, which I would, you know, explain to her how to change a little bit up so that it pushes energy, it generates energy out and kind of pushes it outwards until, until the house is in a bubble that it can't get in. Okay. Well, we'll cover that because I think we've got a witch bottle uh, podcast we're supposed to be doing, haven't we? So we've covered okay. that on that and expand it a bit more. Okay. So we've got two more points for Lovecraft Country. We'll probably end up going a little bit over an hour, but I'm sure they'll forgive us for that. Okay. So next one's an interesting one that we could probably talk for a whole hour on in itself. So we've got the reanimation of the corpses. Oh, okay. old school so got this physical idea. necromancy. Well, with the Lovecraft Country, you've kind of got this idea of there's a guardian spirit slash, you know, someone, something that needs to stay in a location and be triggered in order to relay information or protect himself. Okay. So you've got the idea of this corpse uh, that was, I think, sat at a table with a book or something like that it was. And obviously when the people come into the room, it reanimates. Okay. And I'm presuming... It will reanimate, because I haven't really seen the full episode, so I'm not entirely sure. I just saw bits of it. Um, so it would reanimate maybe a bit like um, at the end of Indiana Jones, where you've got like, the ghost of the dead knight and that, and then he welcomes in the next night. Yeah. Know, the Jesus goblet and that. Yeah. Um, kind of thing. So you've got the kind of like the idea of a guardian, <laughs> but giving information to the bright people that turn up. So <laughs> I was thinking guardians in cemeteries and sacred sites because a lot of sacred sites have oh. guardians, which are normally spirits. But the re the really interesting one is from an archaeological archaeological perspective. Yeah, I don't know what your take on this would be. Is that very often when they dig around the sacred sites, they see one or two people on the entrance that have just been buried there. Yeah, and like there's thought process of well, these, these are actually people that were sacrificed and killed and buried there in order to stay with that site. So you can imagine it, couldn't you, if you're building your Stonehenge or whatever, yeah. and you've got your workers, and it's literally like the foreman rings the bell, or if they didn't have bells, then blows the horn or whatever, and says, last one to the van, <laughs> but they didn't have vans, last one out. Last one out will be the guardian. Last one out will be the guardian. <laughs> and if you're the person that's the last one, they're like, sorry, mate. Flings you back around, slits your throat and chucks you in a hole. Yeah. It's like, you've got to stay there for an eternity and guard the thing you just made. That do it's like, but I'm going, going home for tea. That does sound like something I would do, not going to lie. Well, yeah, there we go. So, so guardians of sacred sites... From my perspective and my experience, I see a lot of guardians at sacred sites, both ancient and, you know, fairly modern, yeah. even churches and that. Never are they corporeal. So if they are dead people, then normally the dead bones of the people and that might be buried on the site, yeah. but they don't reanimate. They don't reanimate, no. They don't so go all Clash of the Titans. Reanimation of corpses and the like... Is it better, comparing and contrasting, if you wanted to make a guardian for your sacred site, 
Do you think it would be better to make a guardian that comes and appears as a spirit in a spirit form, non-corporeal? Or do you think it would be better to have a zombie thing? Because the thing I'm worrying about the zombie thing is that, contrary to what a lot of the films go on about, they're a little bit scrawny. Yeah. And you could literally just go over them and, like, pull their head off. <laughs> yeah. So I'm thinking it wouldn't make a great guardian, whereas a spirit... Yeah. A lot of people, unless they're witches and the like, can't battle with spirit. I'm thinking more power eco- economy and that actually making something that's got to be fully reanimated in the physical requires more energy and therefore is trickier because you've got to make sure that you've left enough battery power. Um, right. So it's like a Renault then. Yeah. Or a, or a Citroen. It's basically like, well, I've had this sacred guardian for a few years now. Well, I say a year. I've had it for six months, and I'm returning the key in the ignition, but the bitch won't start. Yeah. Or it'll start, and then it'll stop because it got dodgy electrics because all French cars are shit. So are you thinking <laughs> like, okay, if you did the kind of reanimation corpse route, there might be enough energy in the sacred site to keep it running for a couple of years. But a couple of thousand years later, yeah. that corpse might not have enough energy to like restart it and that. And as it rots away and it's just like not even bones because the bones have started to decay. Yeah, exactly. So that might be a bit too much. So you'd be better off, you'd be better your off putting your energy into, into a spirit form. Potentially because you can, with a spirit form, you'd be able to get it doing other stuff. So it stays yeah. interested. Whereas I don't yeah. think the, the reanimation is only going to happen... When you need it to, it needs to be triggered and then switched off because it won't last. You're not exactly going to get the guardian uh, corpse to do the gardening while it's waiting between scaring folks off. Yeah, this is true because you've thought about guardians in like tombs and that. So you look at the really old um like horror films and that where you've got the mummy coming back to life and it walks around like and it's like i don't understand how people were scared of that but i suppose the whole idea of a television was quite scary to these old people anyway um but like zombies and mummies and that come into life and are wandering about to me i think "Mm," you know a a bony kind of corpse it's like what's that gonna do yeah pull its limbs off because they'll all be rotten Yeah, pull his limbs off because they're all rotten and gooey in that. And it's kind of like, well, actually... And it's something physical. Like, nowadays we've got guns and shit. Yeah. So you can shoot, like, all the zombie films where they shoot all the zombies with guns and, like, that. That's easy to get, you know, destroyed. But guns aren't good with spirits, are they? No. So that would be a much better... If you guys are wanting to build the pyramids and the tombs and stuff in your garden and you're thinking about making a guardian spirit for it, don't go down the reanimation of the corpse route. One, because it's generally considered illegal and they can't kill people and shove them in, in a <laughs> hole and bind them to the land, you know, because it's illegal against the law now. Even in the United States, I think. Yeah, sounds about right. Um, but uh, I would go down the spirit route. Obviously, we prefer the egregores and the like. Yeah, but, we like custom. I mean, if you were if you were wanting to use this... Uh, um, a human spirit for that work because you want to be traditional like then just bind the spirit to the land and don't make it reanimate in its own corpse so take it to guardian training school where you teach it 
how to uh, fling objects about the room and how to protect the land without needing a physical body. So there we go. So we've got that one and then the last one on me list, it just says, only the person who knows a curse can undo it. Because this comes up so much in sci-fi and um, fantasy and TV and that and books and stuff. It's like, oh, you know, only the person that actually cast that spell can undo it. Or only the person who knows how that spell was cast can undo it. So I can't do it. I can only alleviate the symptoms. Okay, isn't that... That's not a real life thing, is that is it? based on this concept that words have power? It's down to that bit, isn't it? Of you need the right... Understand the right words in order to undo the spell. Like in that kind of that old school, um, the power is in the phrase and how the phrase is set up. So the mechanism that you create, kind of like a poison and an antidote, yeah. you need to really understand the mechanism in order to fix it. Yeah. And most magical practitioners in these films don't because they're really just memorising magical words as opposed to really dealing with the innate forces at play. Yeah. Um, I'd say it's just to help the story along most of the time because, you know, that's really the reason why writers and the like use that. Um, but also, I'm wondering whether it's it's really something to do with the, the idea of it going from a, you know, a bit like what we just said, really, but going from a science perspective of balancing so yeah. with the words and then the words to undo it, there's kind of a balance there. So if you don't know the words, you can't undo it. So the balancing of an equation, whereas with a real life magic in that, it doesn't really matter, does it? Because you, you're sensing the energy at play. Yeah, and then you... Um, and then changing that. So it doesn't really matter how you've made that energy, it transforms. Yeah. So... If you're going to throw a paper airplane at someone, it doesn't really matter what type of paper airplane you make and throw. Yeah. They're all different paper airplanes, but you're still going to be able to smash that paper airplane or grab it and rip it in half. Yeah. You know, some paper airplanes look cooler than others. Some will fly quicker than others, but they're still paper airplanes. So if you know how to deal with a paper airplane, you should be able to do it. Yeah. Whereas we just kind of look at things as kind of like, you know, it's a fire. So you either have to drown it or starve it out of oxygen. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's always mm. a, um, there are several ways to do it, but you've just got to find the right way. So, you know, it's either going to have to, you need to leach all the energy off so it's not capable of doing it anymore. Um, or you, you know, trans transmute energy or... And it's all about energy manipulation because that's the weakest point is is normally the energy source. So I suppose yeah, most of us uh, would go for that. With, with beginners, I tend to see that beginners take the, the understanding of if I'm casting a spell, essentially what I'm doing is I'm throwing a rock in a lake. Yeah. And then there's a ripple effect. So the spell's the rock. The lake is the energy of the universe and what I'm doing is manipulating the energy of the universe and they see it as I just throw that rock in that lake and the other person has got to stop the water. Yeah. 
So, you know, whereas it's not actually doesn't work like that. Yeah. So I can understand when people start to do spells and they start to think, oh, well, you know, the energy goes off and it has a ripple effect and then it knocks on and does that, you know, and goes around, you know, ripples throughout the universe and causes change and stuff like that. It doesn't really work like that. Um, and the stopping procedure, people would think, oh, well, in order to stop those ripples, what I have to do is I have to send a bigger ripple back yeah. in the opposite direction, yeah. or I need to balance and calm the water. So why do I do that? Do I wreck some sort of barriers that smooths the water or something like that? Yeah. And I can kind of understand because people think, well, you know, all I need to do is make a bigger wave, like a tsunami, which is capable of overpowering the other witch. And what they don't really see is the fact that you're all focusing on a lake throwing stones in that lake when there's people on dry land and things up in the clouds are looking and are laughing at you yeah because you're using some base level physical magic that's quite low level low astral and there's other things at play that you've not worked out yet. yeah so, yeah. you know, I don't know, I just went off on a random thing. If we got to add anything else to the curses and undoing curses and such? No, I think I think it comes down to that. It's down to the fact that it's a lack of understanding of what... That's all that these shows demonstrate is that they haven't tried to understand that all actually they want are plot devices, like you said. Plot devices, and they always want laws of how magic works. There should always be like laws in the universe with yeah. all of these um these things, and they're generally not based on reality. Although a lot of the time they pull rituals and ideas and stuff from reality. But even the people that are occultists and go out and produce TV programs and write books and stuff like that, then they often don't include much real world understand as a no. magic in and i wonder because <laughs> in the real world it's so complex that it's simple yeah and therefore seems and it's <laughs> they have yeah. to overcomplicate it in order to actually simplify it well they have to put people on a tiered system i find where they're not capable of advancing yeah so that's why in any of these uh, TV shows and that, you've always got, well, which is, where's the hierarchy at play? Yeah. Is the witches more powerful than the angels? Are they less powerful than this? Are they more powerful than that? What's more powerful than a demon? What's more powerful than an angel? What's this? Yeah. What's that? There's always a hierarchy that never changes. Which so is where Supernatural messed up, isn't it? Where Supernatural messed yeah, up exactly. is because they powered up too quick got to kind of mm. season three or four yeah. they've then got angels that made them almost seem you know as mini gods and then you're like oh shit how do we how do we get to the next biggest baddie um but no i mean it's the the things that you see all the time in our books and in our tv and on films and stuff like that and i think it really is just the fact that it's they're trying to create hierarchies without progression because it keeps the storyline simple yeah. and the rules of the story and the series and the book and that simple. Whereas in reality, you know, as and people pick up on this in witchcraft, they think of witches and, um, oh, well, I'm a devotee of a goddess or something like that. But what they're never ever trying to progress is progress beyond. Yeah. That's why I think maybe 
so many witches and magical practitioners have a lack of ambition because they feel, well, I can only accomplish this. Yeah. And we don't see a huge amount of, well, I'm going to keep going until I can't go any further. I will aim for the top. The only people that normally do that are people on nefarious paths and they only want to get to the top so they can rule over everything. Yeah. But they're the only ones that have the ambition to push that far. That's the problem. That's why they progress so quickly as well. Yeah. (laughs) But there we go. So I think that's it for this week's podcast. Lovecraft Country was kind of the theme. Hopefully it was enjoyable. Hopefully you... Hopefully it was enjoyable, and hopefully we covered a lot of things. But I would suggest watching Lovecraft Country, uh, people out there, because it is very interesting, particularly when it comes to the storyline and transporting you back in the time with the racism, old Jim Crow laws and all that sort of thing is fascinating. And I think that certainly what I've noticed, certainly in the city that I live in anyway, that was uh, made his money on the slave trade, yeah. Bristol. Um, everything gets whitewashed. It's basically a case of, well, let's remove this from history. Yeah. Let's not talk about this. Let's rename this this tower from the Colston Tower yeah. because we don't want to think about it. Rather than times. actually challenge the and use Ra- it as a point for discussion. Than, yeah, rather than to point it out as, oh, that statue over there. He made his money from slave owner, you know, owning slaves and exploiting. How do you think about like that, that rather than... How do you think about that? Let's replace it right? with How somebody else. People could... Whereas it's really like the approach that people seem to be taking from politics nowadays is let's remove it and pretend it never happened. Yeah. And I don't find that that's really learning much from history. No. Because, I mean, there's like, I learned a lot from the Lovecraft country. Good. Thing. It, was, it was really interesting. Good. Um, and it does make you think how, because that wasn't that long ago, really. No. It does make you think how different the world that we live in and the way we view things is. And then when I talk to certain older generations, then, you know, that have got that kind of bridged gap of um, culture and stuff like that, even like people that are, what, in their early 20s and stuff like that, that have grown up with all the social media and all that sort of thing. It's like, it's crazy. They live in a completely different world than I live in, and I'm only like yeah. seven or so years older. Exactly. It's weird, isn't it? But anyway, there we go. And thanks for listening, patrons. <laughs>